We're four teaching friends from across the country. We've discovered that if you don't laugh, you cry and you lose sight of your why. I'm Retta. I'm Deanne. I'm Tracy. And I'm Kathy. And we teach so hard. You know what's really hard? When we teachers believe the lies that are told to us or about us. Like nice girls, nice teachers don't speak up. You know when you're in a staff meeting and you're listening to the latest new initiative that's being rolled out and and your mind is spinning with objection after objection? (laughs) Well, that wasn't well thought out. What's being proposed could create problems, could be detrimental to children, could be next to impossible to implement. It's even against your teaching contract. Why, why, why do so many of us sit there in silence? (laughs) Not me. (laughs) Why do others sit there in silence? I've always (laughs) wondered as I've looked around. And the the principal and I are having a private argument with an audience. Yes. Do you wonder about that? Uh, You know, sometimes I don't say something because, like, I'm so bored and I want to just get out of there. (laughs) Oh, okay. Or you didn't hear what was actually being discussed because you're so distracted. (laughs) That's right. Watching your watch or something, you know. (laughs) Thinking of unicorns and sparkles and ribbons. That's (laughs) not. And what you have to do that day with your kids in school. Yeah, Yeah, that's. That's not ever what's happening inside of my head. I'm I I'm trying to figure out like why no one else has these problems with what's happening. Why am I the only person? Like I can feel the flush. And, and, you know, you know what else? I'm sorry to interrupt. But many of the and it might be their reason, and I'll lose track of this if I don't say it now. Many of those initiatives are already a done deal before we even find out about them. So you think maybe it's the defeatist kind of um, response. Like, what does it matter? My voice doesn't matter anyway, so why bother? Yeah, why exert yourself? Yeah, that's right. If they're maybe. already going to implement it, how is my speaking up going to change anything? Exactly. Right. Do you have any power to change it? Yeah. No. Well, or I also sometimes, sometimes I wonder, we all know the stereotypical you know, let's face it, most of uh, most teachers are female, okay? They're, they're the highest percentage, the highest mm-hmm. percentage of teachers are female. And I sometimes I wonder, are people like concerned about the perceptions? And we all know that stereotypical view of a, a woman who gets emotional or a woman who gets angry, right? Or a woman who's, uh, and I hate this word, and I'm going to cringe when I say it, mouthy, um, you know, that that they're bitchy, they're, you know, they're this, they're that, you know, um, do you, you mean someone who's showing leadership? Yeah. Do you think that oh. that's a fear that people have? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know because I think I was born that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Speaking of born a leader and, and do they, are they afraid that if you, challenge authority 
the repercussions will come down harder on them. Maybe. Because you're still on their team. I know that I've seen members of my own team cringe when I'm offering my opinion. Yeah. On- <laughs> yes. And yet what you're offering would benefit them and the kid. Of course. Uh, seriously. Um, so it's always fascinating to me. Um, and yet these are the same people who, um, and I'm not saying they don't care. I know they care very deeply, but yes, but they're the same people who also, um, will leave the meeting and be so upset that their conversation will continue in the parking lot afterwards. Mm-hmm. You, don't you love those parking lot conversations? Oh, where nothing gets solved yeah. because... <laughs> No, no but so much gets covered. Nothing gets solved, but so much gets covered. Yes. yes. Yeah, like the, there's a tear in my beer. I mean, seriously, it's 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 sad. So I do think though, that regardless of the reasons of why it happens, that there can be serious consequences to this type of behavior. And there can be some benefits if this behavior were to stop. You know, I think it's easier sometimes, and I have this conversation internally every time I open my mouth in those meetings, it's easier (laughs) to shut your pie hole, keep it closed, right? But then Mm -hmm. there's a part of me that thinks, you know, isn't that kind of passive aggressive? You know, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to be upset and I'm not going to say anything. And I'm going to say, you know, I think this is wrong, but I'm not. I'm going to hold it. But then I'm going to go into my classroom and close my door and I'm going to do what I think is right anyway. But then what would happen if we were assertive? I mean, nothing gets done if if there isn't conflict. There is no growth. I think there was a, there's a quote. I love this quote. Nothing flies if feathers don't get ruffled. Exactly. Like Make that. some noise, girl. Nothing. But it doesn't always help because they, as we said before, they've already decided what they're going to do and they're just giving you the information. But yeah, but if you make enough noise, your yeah, principal has to go back to that meeting with the other administrators and say, have you considered, have we considered, and sometimes they'll give you credit for bringing it up and maybe you don't want the credit, but sometimes um, even if they take the credit themselves, things are brought back to the drawing board. It's possible. And if you don't try, you'll exactly. never know. Yeah, you're right. That's, you guys are right. And I, I think you, you need to have other people backing you up too. But you know what, Deanne, that's that not always going to happen. And and I No, I, I know. It doesn't. I, Never counts I speak on it. from experience. I've sat in these meetings where things have come up and, and it's been, you know, an initiative where I don't totally disagree with it. I see good stuff, but there have been some things that I thought maybe could be better thought out. And I and I speak up and no one else. You could hear crickets in the room, but I'm the one wow. saying something. And then when I walk out, six or seven people. Oh my God, I'm so glad you said something. I'm so, I was so, you know, and I'm sitting here going, you know what? Next time, just tell me to lay under the bus, the wheels of the bus, so you can drive it over me. And, and it'll be a lot easier, you know? I mean, seriously. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I think yeah, like like when they say, "Who wants to do this?" and everybody else takes a step yeah. back, and you're still standing, and there. you're there. Yeah. That's it's the same thing. <laughs> well, I right. think, I think though too, there's a difference between speaking up and reacting. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we're in meetings and we hear something that initially sounds like a really bad idea. And I have done this in the past so many times, you know, in my younger days where I've just blurted out my thoughts about it, my negative thoughts about it, but really later on have found some, some positives about it too. But had I kept my thoughts to myself, kind of worked it through first, I found that it's a lot more effective than when I do speak up because it's more, um, it's it's more articulate, I guess, and not but just Kathy, me reacting. Is the meet is the meeting over by then? Yeah, because it's usually the first time but, it's brought up, but it's not something that's going away. You know what I mean? Like it's okay. the first time we and hear then, something. Okay. Like so our the terrible next- new report cards, which are right. horrible. At first, I thought, "What? Let me let me learn more about this." And then I brought up my concerns, and then we, you know, but I don't tend to react anymore like I used to when I was younger. I always wonder about people who aren't saying anything. Thank you for that insight. <laughs> my my husband has an expression that he always used to lighten it up for me with. He'd say, so everyone was looking at their shoes, oh, huh? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. That's a great expression. <laughs> yeah, looking at their shoes and you're out there running Okay. <laughs> well, no, and I think sometimes too, when there's such a bad idea or a bad new thing that comes through, I'm in such shock that I keep thinking, what? This can't be right. This, what? I have to find out more. So I do my research and well, then I'll and speak Well, and one up. thing that I think, um, I think that it's really important is, I, <laughs> is to keep the kids at the center of it. If you Absolutely. Keep the center of it, people who need to listen to you will be more willing to listen to you. And that's, it's sad to say that, but, you know, keep the kids at the center because that's what it's really about. That's yeah. what it all should be about. Absolutely. Yep. It's this not about my kids. anxiety or my feelings of angst or the, the thought that, that I, I need to go shop for another career sometimes. It's about the kids, you know? Or retire on Tuesday. You're making me want to retire on (laughs) Tuesday. It's about you can't retire this Tuesday. You've got to wait until next Tuesday. How it's about the kids, and as soon as you switch that focus from yourself to the kids, I do think that ears open um, more. So let's talk about that. What are some things, some strategies you use for gathering courage to open your pie hole? I I think, as you said before, it's um, making the kids number one and know that what you're saying is going to be better for them. And you certainly know more about what's happening with the kids in your classroom than, than the administration does. So, you know, you have a right to say what you're saying and you need to let people yeah. know. And, you know, a very wise principal once said to me, I hope she's listening to this. Mm-hmm. She said, you want things to happen with you, mm-hmm. not to you. 
Good advice. With you, not to you. So get in on the ground floor if you think you're going to care. Volunteer for the committees that are exploring the new initiatives. Make your voice heard in those small groups while there's still a chance for change, while there's still a chance to steer in just a slightly different direction if it's good for kids. You know, right. Right. I think as long as we keep our focus on that, we'll have courage. A couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. um, we were working without a contract and we were working without a contract for the better part of the first half of the year, which was unheard of in my district. And we had, um, as, as union members, we went to address the board of education in the public comment section. What that means is that the board of education probably listened to about two hours of public comment, um, from, and you wonder how much they were listening you know to what? after the first 20 minutes. I, that was, a, that was a chance to speak up. And one of the ways that I got over that was I actually wrote, I wrote it down. I practiced it in my head. And then I whipped out my phone and I recorded myself saying it over and over. And I listened to myself and because it was so important to me that they hear me and that I not fall apart. And I was very angry and I cry when I'm angry. I don't cry a lot when I'm sad. I cry when I'm furious. I didn't want to like fall apart uh-huh. <laughs> at the televised board meeting. And, and you looked at it as a performance and you rehearsed for that. Right. Performance. Well, you wanted to come across That's as right. a professional, right. not a whiny teacher. And I, I think that that sometimes that can be a really powerful strategy. Now we don't always have the opportunity, right. To sit there and do what I did because it's not always at a board meeting with advance notice. Sometimes it's at the staff meeting. Sometimes it's at, you know, uh, personal development days, but but to be able to practice that in your head for a split second or at a break and then and, and say it, visualize yourself saying it. Mm-hmm. Those are great strategies. You know, I also was uh, Ron Richard from Project Zero, the Making Thinking Visible guy and um, Cultures of Thinking is one of my little teaching heroes. And one of the things he talks about is how um, – you know, we are all part of a culture and what the definition of culture is. And so that means when I was reading that, I was thinking to myself, okay, so if I'm part of that culture, that doesn't mean I'm a passive entity. That means that I act on that culture. I interact with that culture. I That you participate in it. And, and you accept if, if the culture is such that teachers don't have a voice? Do you accept that or do you try to change the culture? You can't, if you choose to be passive, you are choosing that. You are choosing to perpetuate that dynamic in the culture that you existed, that you're unhappy in. And so you have to be responsible for that. Make your own happiness. That gathering your courage it empowers you to make so, your own happiness. Ladies, what are some ways as teachers that we can get our voices heard? Well, I think 
Um, one thing I have found that is because I don't speak up as much as I used to, teachers in my staff at least know that when I do speak, it's it's probably something I'm passionate about or something pretty important that I have to say. So I found that they listen because they respect what I have to say because they know I'm not just always mm-hmm. just shooting off at the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I should have tried that. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> That's a great idea. And you're right. I would tend to listen to you more if you weren't always the one who was speaking right. out about everything. Because there's those teachers who, you know, you they always have a comment. And you just roll your eyes like, oh, no, it's so-and-so again. And especially yeah. when you want the, the meeting to end or something, then somebody like that will start talking and you say, oh, man. Right. You know, just keep <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I think leadership training has never hurt anyone. It doesn't hurt kids to have a little bit of it. And teachers, if, if it, the opportunities for leadership training aren't available to you, you can do some reading and get yourself trained or take an online course oh, absolutely. Or, or listen to some podcasts, you know, um, and learn a little bit more about servant leadership. Everyone who's a leader in the school system does not have to aspire to be a principal or a superintendent. You can be a leader right from your classroom and The idea of servant leadership, of seeing that there is a problem, there's an issue, there's something that needs to be better, needs to be solved. And instead of looking at it as your mission to make some noise and stir up some trouble, looking at it as your mission to try to affect change in any way that you can. And how you can serve others. I love that. Exactly. You're serving others in the community. Listen, one of the games that I play with myself, and it is a game because let's face it, I was born an opinionated little booger and I will die. I'm serious. It is who I am. And, you know, and there are wonderful things about that. And there are are some not so wonderful things about that. But I think one of the things that I've learned through my leadership training, Miss Retta, is... um, and I agree with you on that. Yes. But one of the things we that I've learned, leadership and, training. I, and I play this game with myself because I always have an opinion, is to, exactly. Is to and everyone is entitled to it. In those situations. <laughs> and I play the game with myself that when three or four people have spoken, then you can speak. And what they Oh, so you monitor yourself. Did they teach us that? What it forces me to do, though, is it forces me me to listen. And it forces me to take the temperature of how other people are feeling. And then, uh, you know, it it helps me, um, especially if it's something that I'm having a really strong emotional response about. It also helps me modulate that emotional response. Because sometimes that emotional response is anger. Sometimes it's horror, <laughs> you know, other times it's anxiety and it helps me mm-hmm. just kind of calm myself down a little bit so that I, I can sound reasonable, <laughs> especially. So nice teachers reasonable is never bad. So nice teachers do speak up, but there are ways Absolutely. to go about speaking I up effectively. Yes, yes. Take yeah. a deep breath and it's all the way you say it. So we've examined the lie that nice teachers don't speak up. And we all agree that it is a bold-faced lie. So 
uh, I want when I come back to you, I want to know what's your number one tip for turning for for seeing past this lie um, to the truth. Deanne, what's your number one tip? Well, knowing that I'm there for the kids and what I have to say is important because I care about the kids and I have to say it, you have to say it in the right way. You know, you can't be angry. Retta, what's and yours? Um, that's basically it. I, mean, I would ask every teacher who's trying to get the courage to speak up more when it matters to visualize the scenario. What would happen if they didn't Mm. speak up, if they didn't add their voice, because they might have something really valuable and important to share. And chances are, and say this to yourself in in your self-talk, look in the mirror and say, once you step out there, others will join you. A, a true leader has people following them, whether they are looking back and giving them orders or not. Um, you can you can be a leader by showing people that it's okay to speak up, and your colleagues who might thank you in the hall later will suddenly be joining you Kathy, in that meeting yours? and adding to the conversation. Right. Well, I remember hearing years and years and years ago when whole language was um, was the philosophy, you know, back in the late eighties, early nineties. Um, and Regie Routman, who I adore and look up to so much. I remember her saying that it is our responsibility as teachers to speak up. So if things are going to be happening in our curriculum or whatever it is that affects our children, we have to know what's best for kids based on research and we have to speak up. It's our Mm -hmm. responsibility. Absolutely. I think that my, um, my big tip would be to keep students at the center of everything when you do speak up. Um, if you do that, what you have to say is going to be received. And it, and it will depersonalize, especially if it's something that you're really disagreeing with. It will depersonalize um, your response to that person and, and, and help shift the focus from you having a problem with what they're saying to more of a, you know, how can we make this palatable for our kids? How can we make this conducive to to what our mission is? So your comments become more It doesn't feel like an attack because even the best leader can feel like they're under attack when what they're delivering is being questioned right and left. So, yeah. And I just have just going to say one other thing. Make the make the person think that they're the one who came up with the idea. <laughs> yes, good job. Wasn't that in my big fat Greek wedding? <laughs> the man may be the head of the household, like but the woman. <laughs> but the woman is the neck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we hope you stay tuned. And that, continuing note. our conversations <laughs> about lies that teachers are told and that they believe about themselves over the next few weeks. If you like what you've heard here tonight, please tune in again. Um, like us on iTunes or Google Play. 
Um, check out our blogs in the program notes. And next week, we'll be talking about uh, and discussing lie number three. And I know we've all heard this one. Those who can do. Those who can't teach. 